the True Tone Lounge podcast features audio-only versions of our video interviews. To view those, please visit truetonelounge.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash truetonefx. So after the, uh, the Highwaymen, then uh, you, you kind of got the, uh, you know, the old American rhythm section again together, and you did the Memphis Boys album. So that was an instrumental album that you did. Yeah, yeah. we did. Uh, uh, Garth Brooks' producer produced that album. Alan Reynolds. Alan Reynolds, yeah. yeah. And let's uh, hope so. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, that kind of whetted your appetite for, for later for making an album? Uh, the, no, not for me personally. Because okay. uh, you weren't, you weren't hap- real happy with the project. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't even thinking about me doing an album. Okay. Because I was so busy. Uh, the thoughts of, so I got a few days off. I'm gonna go home and write some songs. I don't want to do that. I want to go to Florida or somewhere. You right, know? go do something fun, yeah. not, not think about writing tunes. Right. So then you were kind of reunited with some of your old kind of, uh, so you did an album with Arthur Alexander. So oh, yeah. That, yeah. Wow, so you a, did buy that. Wow. Yeah. So that was, uh, and then also with Dan Penn. Right. You did an album with him in, in, mm-hmm. that, in that time period where you were kind of, you know, revisiting that, that yeah. sound again. Right. Yeah, and, and the whole time you're also uh, you're playing on all of Travis Tritt's you know, records that were big hits at, at that time. You were playing the solos like on Anymore and, and some yeah. of these other songs. And, uh, you know, just kind of continued, you know, to do sessions. Now, then, you know, we get we get up to the late 90s, and that's when, uh, or early 2000s is when uh, Waylon, you know, called you and asked you to do, a, you know, a, a tour with him alone. Right. Yeah. And is that where you met Jenny? Yeah, because she's from Phoenix. Okay. And uh, she was playing fiddle. Mm-hmm. She's a cellist, classical cellist. Mm-hmm. But she was playing fiddle uh, in a house band out there. Okay. And he said uh, he went to her and, and uh, wanted to hire her to play fiddle with, uh, with the band he was putting together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she agreed. <clears throat> and that's where I met her when we were rehearsing down here at the rehearsal place. Okay. And uh, he told us, he said, uh, he, I said, you know, he said, y'all are the most loneliest people I've ever seen. <laughs> Probably so at the time, you know. Okay. And uh, we went out and toured his last tour with him for yeah. uh, a couple of years. It was a lot, of, a lot of fun, a lot of memories. We just loved it, every bit of it. Yeah. And... Uh, because you know, I guess Waylon was was declining in health at that point. Yeah. but he was he was a, a, a friend of yours. Yeah, so. he yeah. was. Before that, with the Highwaymen, when they wanted us to go out and tour with them, I was thinking, uh, I don't know if I want to do that because I didn't want to be gone from the studio world. You know, you right. need to stay around. That's that was the big income I had. Okay, and uh, so I remember I went out on the first tour and I wrote at a calendar and I'd check it off every day it's 30 day tour mm-hmm. and I was checking it off in my bunk in the bed and I couldn't wait to get through and it was finally 30 days Whew, okay so uh, we did that in the spring and also in the fall so after I was home for about two weeks I started I said hmm I'm, I missed that that was a lot of fun you know yeah. 
So when they did another Highwayman uh, tour, yeah, I was the first one to, yeah. to go and do that. Yeah, but when Waylon, when Waylon did that, it was Richie Albright mm-hmm. was uh, his drummer and had been with him forever, you know. And uh, we, were, we had a great time. Had a whole outfit. Uh, sometimes we'd go on the bus, but we flew most everywhere we went. Yeah. But uh, we were all over the United States. Yeah. There's also another icon that you got to work with was Ray Charles. So oh yeah. That's that, that would be a big thrill. Yeah. It was a big thrill. Yeah. Because yeah. he's he's an icon, you know. Yeah. When I did that with Tritt when we filmed, he couldn't have been any better. He was just. Perfect. Yeah, yeah uh, Brent Mason was also on that, and uh, yeah. so does that get interesting when you have you know two you know two electric players on a session? Is is that pretty common, or, or is if you got a good player, Brent Mason is one of the best players around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always get along working, and yeah. I also work with Billy Joe Walker a lot. Right, probably more sessions with Billy Joe than anybody in town. Yeah. I guess personalities really come in into yeah. effect when you're when you're talking about two two guitar players, two electric players working yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, you continued to you know play on play on sessions, and uh, you, know, you you married uh, Jenny. I married Jenny. Best thing I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the right answer. That is the right answer. <laughs> and uh, you know can. Continued and then uh, you uh, you played on the uh, the, the Clapton uh, session that that you mentioned for with uh, right. JJ Kale right and uh, and then now you have a a solo record that you're about to release so this is your first solo album it's called Forever Young Forever Young and so it's uh, it's all instrumental all instrumental yeah and, and original yeah and uh, the uh, <laughs> reason it came about I never thought I'd be doing that but uh, usually when I go in a session, uh, I plug my guitar up and I'll just be noodling around and uh, had these, I don't know where it came from, and out of my head somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody would say, what's that you're playing? I said, I don't know, I'm just tuning up. Yeah. Man, you ought to record that, you know, and, and it happened so many times and I thought, hmm, maybe I should. So I did. I had some more to each of the noodlings <laughs> mm-hmm. and came up with uh, seven songs. Yeah. I went to Muscle Shoals uh, and I took Clayton Ivey, Chad Cromwell, and uh, David Hood was already down there. Recorded at uh, La La Land. Mac McAnally. Mac McAnally, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it came out pretty good. We spent yeah. about three days. I mean, the tracks came off great, but I didn't like the guitar part. Okay. Because I can't play and produce it at the same time. That's, that's difficult. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I shelved it after I got home. I didn't listen to it for about a year, I guess. Then I thought, well, I'm going to see what this set looks, what sounds like. I played it, and it really, really sounded good, everything but my part. Yeah. And so I got an engineer coming out here at the house, and I redid all the guitar parts. And uh, had Jim Horn write horns to the, mm-hmm. all the songs, and that you know got a horn section, and uh, 
just tidied up a few more. Robbie Turner was, at the very last, he mixed mm-hmm. uh, the album that sounded great. Yeah. Mark yeah. Polak was the engineer that was here that, that cut everything. Anyway, so here I am with an album. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 80 years old releasing yeah, the first, uh, <laughs> first solo. Exactly right. It's it's a fantastic album, and all the cuts are are are, are longer. So even though there's there's only seven tracks on there, right. most of the songs go you know five minutes or longer. Yeah. And uh, you know the uh, uh, Memphis Grease yeah. uh, is is really a, a nice tune in that it, it kind of goes from a, a minor you know, feel to a major feel, and you kind of play kind of bluesier stuff, and then you kind of play the the Memphis kind right. of guitar style. <laughs> right. Yeah, early neat cut, and uh, and I especially also like the the tune uh, Jennifer. Oh, I do it, too. That's you know, my favorite. Yeah, but it's one a, it has your your wife's playing you know cello on that yeah. also, and uh, and you do a lot of your you know kind of volume pedal work. Wow. And that's that's really really nice. How did you start using the volume pedal with the guitar? Well, back in Memphis, I used to work a lot with John Huey. We were best friends. He was a steel player. Yeah. yeah. And I liked the way you could play a note and just choke it for all it's worth, you know, yeah. or drag it yeah, out. drag it out. And uh, so I, I guess that came from John Huey. And because that kind of became a, uh, one, of, one of your, you know, kind of calling cards was, was your volume pedal work. Right. And that was early on. Right. When I moved here in 72, I don't think anybody was using a volume pedal. It, it worked out good for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's not a session player in town that doesn't have a volume pedal. I know. I know. Yeah. It became, you know, it became one, one of the tools that you, that you had to have. And, and you, you know, kind of, you know, uh, were, were a force behind that. that. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk, talk gear now, Reggie. Right. So, so you know, in the in the early days, it looks like there's footage of of you, you know, with uh, with with a you know with a black guard Telecaster and with a Strat, and then you kind of played the 345. I did that. The, I played the, this a long time. Yeah, and uh, and so tell us about this this guitar. This is uh, this is a '50 Strat. What year is it? '57. '57. Yeah, it's the last year they made the V-neck. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, uh, I've tried to get Joe Glazer mm-hmm. uh, to work on the guitar some. He won't touch it. He said, no, not a 57. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said so, that's a... Yeah, so you were trying to get uh, different things done to the guitar and, and he yeah. won't let you modify it? No, he won't. <laughs> and I've got, it's amazing, I've got all the uh, the equipment that came with it and, okay. the, and the original case. Okay. And uh, I've got every nut and bolt that came out of this yeah. And eventually, I'm going to let Joe put it back together. Okay. So, uh, when did you purchase this guitar? Uh, I moved here in 72, and it was shortly after that. Okay. So, in 72, you picked up the guitar? Yeah. I had, a, I had that Telecaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I bought a Les Paul, and then I had the opportunity to buy, to buy this. Yeah. And then so, I love that so much. Yeah. I played this for years and years and years. Yeah, I still do. Yeah, because yeah, you uh, you you played that strat on on tons and tons of sessions. Yeah. Uh, so, at at some point, there's uh, it looks like you uh, from past pictures. It looks like you had some EMG pickups in there for I a did, while. Yeah. Yeah. Was that because of the noise thing? It was a noise thing, and yeah. then I got. Uh, the pickups in there now are Bill Lawrence, 
Okay. But they don't make any noise either. Okay. So of course, normally you'd have to find a place, the magic place, you know, to right. set. Yeah. Or it'll hum, but. Uh, now the uh, and I'm assuming you put a five-way switch had a five-way switch put yeah. in the guitar. Yeah. Is the wiring in any way different than the normal otherwise? No, I, okay. I really don't know. Okay. It, it, yeah. So the so I the, think it came that way. Okay, and so the guitar. So otherwise, besides the pickups being changed in a five-way switch, that's yeah. That's how it's been. You've probably had it refretted at some point oh, from yeah. all the playing that you've done on it. Yeah. yeah. And this is the guitar like on. George Strait's The Fireman, and it's on uh, uh, Think I'll Just Stay Here and Drink, right. and tons and tons of, yeah. uh, of, uh, of sessions that you've played. Yeah. What made you pick it up in the first place? You just picked up the guitar and it just kind of spoke to you? Well, I kind of needed a second guitar, and a friend of mine had, uh, had uh, three of these, mm -hmm. and, uh, or Strat, and uh, he was wanting to sell them, and I said, well, I, I played them, and I like this one better than uh, yeah. any of the others. So I wound up buying this. I yeah. said, wait, hang on. Have a Strat now. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a Strat years ago when I first started playing. Okay, yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, it's Great. a good guitar you can go to. to yeah. That or the telly. Yeah. You got it covered. So uh, tell you know, show us the uh, show the back of the headstock so we can, uh, you know, to, whose signature is that? BB uh, King. Yeah, yeah. I need to get it covered up before it fades totally away. You know, yeah. with uh, yeah. lacquer or something. And the hearts uh, from my wife Jenny. Okay, very nice. Yeah. So. He he must be pretty important uh, for you to have his signature on your guitar, cause yeah. he, you know, because you don't have any other signatures on your no. instruments. So I used to chase his bus down Beale Street in Memphis. Wow! Uh, if I saw it, I'd just yeah. run, run, run to yeah. try to get a glimpse of him. You know? Yeah, because you were such a fan of his playing. Yeah. Yeah. Very very cool. And this is a '69 Telecaster. Yeah. And, uh, so now you had played a Telecaster some before this, because there's uh, again there's there's shots of you with a blonde Telecaster yeah. in '66, '67, '68, and uh, there and and so how do, you know? So what did this guitar do that that other one didn't? Well, one thing it, I like the way it looked. <laughs> oh yeah, because of the the binding. And the, the binding. And the I've never seen a binding one before. I was in the <clears throat> OK How Music Store in Memphis. And uh, he said, um, I was just looking at stuff, and he said, well, we got a guitar that's, uh, they repossessed. Somebody bought it and couldn't pay for it. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, he said, it's pretty cool. He said, would you like to and so, uh, try it? And I said, yeah. yeah. So it was this one. I mean, I liked it so much better than my other one. Yeah. Uh, back then, I couldn't... Um, I couldn't have two guitars. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. So, so that that blonde Telecaster was that was kind of your main guitar there yeah. for a while, and so then so did so you, I played this yeah. one. So and I traded the blonde in on this one. <laughs> but I, I, to have two guitars is unheard of. Right. Back 
whatever year that was. Yeah, it was. Uh, you had one guitar, and so the other guitars that you used, like at American, those were ones that were lying around that Chips or Tommy or different yeah. people owned that yeah. you would use sometimes. Right. But that blonde telly or this black one were kind of your guitars. Right. Yeah. So you've got this rose on here. Where did the Where did the rose? That's came? funny. That came from. Uh, <clears throat> From Robbie Turner, a steel guitar player. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> with Waylon and the, with Highwaymen. Yeah, and he stuck that on there one day. Yeah. And I just never took it off. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've got a heart on the back mm -hmm. from Jenny. Yep. And uh, that's it. And I had so, Joe Rader put yeah. B bender and a yeah. G bender. But you're, but you're not really known for using the no. benders. Yeah. I did that shortly after I moved here because I thought I might need it, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but to, to yeah. play country and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't change my style. Yeah. So that it just ended up being a modification that you yeah. don't use. Yeah. And so then uh, you've, you know, we've got uh, obviously these are these are changing. You, one, you you. Uh, so why did you add a third pickup to the guitar? Uh, Maybe because of Brent Mason, I okay. like his guitar. Yeah. And, and you can also, especially if you're on this back pickup, you can blend in the middle pickup with it. Mm -hmm. And it's not so twangy and okay. cut your head off, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so, you, so you can blend in the, uh, yeah. the, the middle pickup with the bridge pickup to right. soften it. <clears throat> and uh, I, th I think this switch, and if I, can't, I don't ever use it, I think. In that position, it kicks uh, this pickup in. Okay. So you can use uh, both pickups. Okay. And that's probably all three pickups. So this is a uh, this is a Seymour Duncan Seymour stack Duncan. pickup. <clears throat> and yeah. you said this is a Bill Lawrence uh, Strat pickup. Strat pickup. No, is it is it like is it a hum canceling one like like yeah. in the Strat? Okay, so it's the same pickup. Well, it's. I don't know if it's the same pickup. I okay. know it's quiet. Okay. Well, that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's the important thing. But it's yeah. a Bill Lawrence Strat yeah. pickup. And then the the back pickup is a uh, Ron Ellis. Yeah. Okay. That's very okay. really good, really yeah. good pickup. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. So how did the the Strat and the Tele kind of become your your go to instruments? Because those seem to be the instruments that you've played for so for so many years. You've kind of latched onto those too. I don't know. I just enjoyed playing them. Yeah, they were just comfortable. They're comfortable. Yeah, sound good. <clears throat> like I said, the front pickup of this telly sounds like a uh, three thirty-five or something. It's okay. just got <clears throat> that tone to it, and then the strat sounds like a strat. It's yeah. supposed to. Yeah. So I usually use these two guitars, one or the other. Yeah, and. Uh, Amp-wise, uh, you know, you've got a, 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 a deluxe black, reverb. You've got yeah. a couple of deluxe reverbs, and right. I looked in the back. They've got vintage thirty. Uh, right, vintage thirty. Yeah. yeah. So why did you uh, did you blow the other speakers, or why did you put those? Uh, I don't remember blowing them, mm -hmm. but I like the vintage thirty. It sounds okay. so much better. And so uh, the deluxe is kind of seen as a. You know, kind of a, a industry standard as far as a guitar amp yeah. is that is that, you know I, I know you've used other amps through the years, but it seems like you keep gravitating to I deluxe do. reverbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just they. Uh, why so? The tone, I guess, is yeah. it's uh, rounder or something. Mm -hmm. It sounds fuller. You have another another uh, Telecaster that we'll 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 show a picture of 
that uh, is a, a blonde telly here, and uh, you had indicated that Fender gave you that guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that must have been a thrill to, you know, finally after all those years yeah, of supporting... Yeah, to get something from Fender. Yeah, get something <laughs> from Fender. Uh, yeah, and I use that to... Uh, when I go overseas or... Okay. A lot of times on the road, I'd take it. Yeah. Because uh, I wouldn't even with this to get hurt or stolen or something. You know? Yeah. And it looks like you had a, a B bender, a Glazer B bender put yeah. on that, and it, has, and it has a middle pickup yeah. also. Yeah. Right. But it's hard to play. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to play. It doesn't play as well as this not, guitar. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about when you when you get attached to certain guitars. I know. Yeah. Yes. So uh, you've got a... a a small, uh, you've got a you know a pedal board that we'll we'll show a, a picture of. I mean, when I was out of the highway, when I used this. Okay. And then when I come back, I like the way this sounds so much better than my rack. Okay. I had all this stuff put in my drawer, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'd keep it kind of hit out, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, eventually I got rid of the rack because it's yeah. too much. To try to uh, get the computer working and. And all that, and I only use maybe two or three of these. I don't use everything in there. Right. So, and so the earliest kind of effects you would have used would have been like the amp tremolo and reverb. Yeah. And then you started using a volume pedal. Yeah. And then uh, you had a a a, a Herzog. Or right. It's it's, oh, yeah. a, it's kind of a, a it's like a little amp head that creates an overdrive effect. Right. On American Woman. Uh, they were trying to reproduce that sound, and so the uh, the guitarist uh, had this uh, device created, and so it was like a little tube amp that you would plug in to the right. input on your amp, yeah. and you'd use it to get an overdrive effect yeah. at lower volumes. Yeah, and that was kind of early overdrive. <laughs> I moved I moved to Nashville with that. Yeah, and uh, I, I couldn't do sessions without it. Yeah, and because uh, you wanted to hear the, I was the so, hair on the notes. Yeah, I was so. Uh, I used to hearing a little breakup, you know, and I couldn't mm -hmm. get it unless I had the Herzog. Yeah. But uh, it had, I think it had one tube in it. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, because I guess, you know, all of a sudden playing, you know, crystal clean, yeah. it can be kind of harsh at times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So an, another one of the, the effects that uh, people kind of mention, you know, when they talk about Reggie Young is uh, compressors. So did you, uh, and... Is that is that a, a fitting thing? You know, like with the Dynacomp, was that kind of an effect that you used quite a bit? I used used it quite a bit, but I quit using it. I'm not okay. using it at all now. Yeah, and uh, like I, I I don't use much hardly anything. Well, a little uh, delay I'll have kind of a whisper underneath my tone. Right. And uh, the um. um this. The EQ. I, I, the EQ, I really used it a lot. Okay. I'll set my amp, and I'll get everything set up, and the best sound I can get, mm -hmm. then I'll kick in the EQ. I usually add a little more low end or something. Yeah. So yeah, that way you can you know add a little more mids or what, whatever you need to fill, right. fill out your guitar sound. Right. So, uh, so uh, the, again, you were mentioning that, you know, so there weren't many effects that you were using through the 70s, maybe a phase 90 or phase 100, yeah. like on, yeah. on, on, uh, on Luckenbach, Texas. Right. Or, and, uh, but then you come up into the 80s, and, and all of a sudden the, you know, the rack era begins. And right. all of a sudden 
you had to have a big rack and you were going stereo and, uh, and Bowen Bowen wanted us to use uh, uh, not use amplifiers he called them the A things yeah. <laughs> so we don't want the A things because when the last chord fades out you can hear the yeah, you know. the, the amp you know and uh, so that's where the rack for me, anyway, the right came in. Okay. Anyway, so eventually they got used to the, yeah. the hits on the end. Yeah, it got, it, it got okay again. Yeah. So another, uh, then getting into the 80s, uh, an effect that was kind of used quite a bit by everyone was chorus. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, that was that was kind of, you know, part of the guitar sound at that point. Right. Yeah, and you used the, the TC. Yeah. Is that mainly what you used? Yeah. Yeah. So, so then after the, uh, so the high women, you know, kind of helped end the, uh, the rack, you know, kind of sound for you, but you use kind of use those pedals in your rack drawer, right. but then as soon as you could, you switched to using this pedal board. So right. here it looks, uh, it's a wonder it still works. <laughs> yeah. So this is the one that Techstar built for you many years ago. Yeah. The Highwayman. Yeah. Okay. And I'm assuming you've probably changed some of the pedals on here. Yeah. Not many. <laughs> Not many. Okay. So we've got an Ernie Ball volume pedal. We've got this world. This is basically a Dynacomp. Yeah. Uh, we've got the GE7 EQ that you said that you used to, uh, so that, that you used quite a bit to kind of, you know, uh, fill out the sound. Right. Yeah. The, the Boss Delay, the Sparkle Drive, the TC Chorus. It looks like you're splitting to stereo if need be. And a, right. And a tremolo pedal. Pretty, uh, and then the, uh, and then what is what is this uh, multi-hued uh, pedal? Yeah, that came by way of Merle Haggard. Okay, wow. it, it's a, almost well, it's a slight distortion unit. Okay, be about like a Herzog. Okay, okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah, is that what you used the Sparkle Drive before? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I don't, I don't. I don't use use them very much anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, but but the normal things that you would have on would probably be the delay and and the in the EQ. Yeah. yeah. And not much delay, just back yeah. in the sound, you know. Yeah. And then an, another interesting thing that I've, I've seen is that uh, you tend to use the uh, the kind of the 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 non-pointed end of the pick. Right. You use. That. I always have them my whole life. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. It's and just more comfortable. Yeah. And it's a little fatter sound. Yeah. I guess I go to a, a thicker pick, but <laughs> I use mediums. Yeah. And uh, I always use the rounded edge, not the pointed edge. Yeah. Yeah. And then it uh, looks like you used, uh, some of these guitars have little markings on the back indicating you've got D'Addario uh, right. nine-gauge nine strings. Right. And I think you've used nine five through forty four strings also right. at some point. Right, nine and a half for I used that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. but I'm back to nines now. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting weaker. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to do that to get strong again. I know. Yeah. Well, Reggie, I really appreciate you uh, letting us come into your home and uh, you know and you know telling your story and. Uh, I just thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Come back anytime. All right. <laughs> bye bye.
This has been an audio presentation by TrueTone, TrueTone.com.